welcome once again to a particularly hot and humid glass box down south for episode 9 of Podular Stands, the podcast everyone is talking about in this room. Uh, my name is Glenn Wilson, editor of Almost and then actual award-winning fanzine Popular Stands, and joining me as ever, our editor of the London Economic, Jack P. Hello, Jack. Good evening. And with us as well is Jeremy Corbyn's chief emo campaign strategist, James McMahon. Really proud of that. like that. Good. Uh, now, we've changed from our usual format for this episode, and, and rather than pretend to be enthusiastic or indeed interested in, uh, in pre-season friendlies or transfers, which, which let's face it, are ultimately just, uh, just glorified admin, uh, we're going to turn our faces away from topical football chat and instead bury them in the comforting cushion of nostalgia. So the time has come for us in this episode to give you what you didn't know you were waiting for, the definitive Doncaster Rovers 11 of the 21st century. So not necessarily the best 11, but the definitive 11 to have worn the red and white hoops and the weird Viking leisure wear shit that came before it since to the year 2000. Uh, ready, gents? Ish. Absolutely, yeah. Ish. I'm absolutely ready. Good. <laughs> Good. How, how hard did you find it to whittle down your 11 just before we start? Because I found it incredibly hard. I think that one, one of the things I found, and there's so many considerations that, that need to go into this, but when you put it down on paper, the best 11 looked terrible as a team. <laughs> as a team. <laughs> so, um, so you've got sort of like, you know, you pluck all these guys out on individual merit, but you put two and out and out strikers yeah. up front, um, you know, you put two pace men down the, the right wing and you sort of think, well, if, if I actually put you on a pitch together... You would be by far the worst Doncaster ever seen. It's almost like you've you've discovered in in the space of an evening what Svengo Eriksson failed to discover for England <laughs> yeah. over, over the course of a number of years. Um, I thought I thought about who I would be sharing this podcast with today, and thought Jack's going to be Stato. He's going to be. It's all going to be about formations and tactics. Uh, Glenn is going to discount anyone who in any way embodies a modern footballer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so purely 2000 to 2002. <laughs> <laughs> anyone with coloured boots is out. <laughs> uh, and I thought I would just pick the 11 players I enjoyed watching the most. When I first sat on my 11, I had 31 players. Yeah. And, and I hadn't even included Leo Fortune West, so I had to start all over again, which was the issue I faced. Yeah. That was your mistake. You should have started. <laughs> you should have built the team around it. Yeah. <laughs> Start at the top of the mountain. <laughs> yeah. We should probably start with a formation. And now I've gone for four four two purely for ease of trying to fashion eleven players without worrying about a supporting striker and like you were saying, Jack, without trying to build it into a a team that would actually win a match. I mean I wasn't aware that there was another formation. <laughs> well that's good. Well I mean you? I yeah, well I sort of yeah, I'll go four four two just for the ease, but I did create a new formation which included uh, two goalkeepers. Uh, four defenders, <laughs> four midfielders, and just a solitary striker. So uh, uh, a two-four-four-one. Do you have two goalkeepers? Can you, know, yeah. one, you can put one of those goalkeepers up front then if we have an issue. Well, yeah. So, so what? What I thought we could do is like throw out who we've who we'd select for each position, and then if need be, if there is a debate around it, which I suspect there probably will, we can try and thrash out between us who gets the nod, and anyone who's close, we can bump onto the subs bench. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's the, the science, as it were, behind this. I should, as I did mention in the intro, we're not looking at the, the best eleven because it should, in theory, be an eleven that played in the championship because they were players at the highest rows have been in this period. I think it's fair to so say we, we, we're forgetting that we're forgetting the level, taking them as equals to what they faced because we've got players from across four different tiers of football. So I think it's only fair to judge them on their own merits. I agree. So we'll start with goalkeeper then, and I would think that there would only be two real candidates. Although then you do discount cup heroics, you know, as, as being... Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Probably on goalkeeper. Well, this is why I had to put two in net, but you're right. I think if you're based on appearances, then uh, Warrington and Sullivan are pretty much, I mean, they're, they're near neck and neck and they've both done outstanding. Yeah. You pulled the face then, James, when I said there's only sort of two strong candidates. Well, yeah, because I went for my favourite. Which um, is? Who's Andy Beasley. Andy Beasley? Yeah. He didn't play for Rovers in the 21st century. Oh, is that, were they the rules? Yeah. <laughs> oh. For year 2000 onwards. Oh, right, this might be a... This could be a long podcast. This could be a long podcast. Have those scissors ready. <laughs> um, I went for Andy Beasley. I mean, no disrespect, I feel we have to discount him straight off. I, I'm fine with that, okay. I didn't read the rules. 
Oh, I can't believe it's fallen down at goalkeeper. <laughs> oh, well done. I think there's only, actually, because the thing I find quite hard about this, and I find hard, even when I write articles for the fanzine, is I find it quite hard to not write about, you know, the, the, the sort of era of Rovers that I truly loved, which was the time that I lived in the town and I was younger and everything felt fresh and shiny and yeah. the internet didn't exist and... Um, I think there's only, off the top of my head, I think there's only maybe four four <laughs> players. I mean, that's a quarter of the team. Uh, a third of the team. There's four players. I'll, I'll try and wing some other suggestions off the top of my head. In your in your team, you mean? Yeah. Okay. So we, we go back to Jack's two that is tabled for goalkeeper. I mean, I went down to a proper wormhole today. I was, like, <laughs> I was trying to work out where Sammy Chung was now. <laughs> so yeah, I had Andy Beasley because I loved him. And he looked a little bit like a kiwi fruit, in that way that bald men do when they're bald, but they haven't quite given up. Uh, like kind of like a thin layer of hair. Yeah, like, have you seen Wayne Mooney in Liverpool today? It's exactly what you're talking about. He has paid a, a lot of money for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well have just set fire to it. Yeah. Put money in a bin and set fire to it. I did find out that uh, Andy Beasley is the goalkeeping coach for Shanghai Shenhua. You know what I like about this? I like that you're just, you forget, you do, you've realised that you've done this wrong. <laughs> you're sticking to your notes. When else are we, just going out when else are we ever going to talk about Andy Beasley? We might Beasley. do a team of the 90s. Okay, right. In the future. Uh, okay. So, if, don't, don't throw out all your Plenty more three now. seasons. Yeah. If, <laughs> if Andy Beasley, oh, I don't know why I'm saying if, because Andy Beasley isn't eligible, you can't play Rush if that's what your solution was going to be. I, I, would, I mean, I would have to say Andy Warrington, but I would agree with Jack's assessment that there's, there's two that are uh, in my heart. But I would, I would actually probably say that Andy Warrington was the, the better goalkeeper. I know he didn't play at a higher level, yeah. but when he was with us, he was probably the better. I think that when just going back to the aforementioned cup um, uh, heroics of, of, of uh, the Amputs, I think when the injury occurred to Warrington, I was genuinely concerned about it. In terms oh, yeah. of like yeah. like the future of Doncaster Rovers, you know, so I think as much as I mean Sullivan was a stalwart, but so was Warrington, and there's there's not much that really uh, splits them. But I can remember really thinking that we we built teams around Warrington more than we did. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I, and and I, I had the two the same two names again, and I, I swung for Warrington based on pretty much what you said there. But I mean that that season when they won. Uh, Division today, and he kept what a record. I think it was eighteen or nineteen clean yeah, sheets. Yeah, Warrington yeah. kept that yeah, season. Yeah. It was he made phenomenal stops, um, and he came back from injury twice. You know that, that injury against uh, Manchester City. He also he broke a, he broke his jaw in the conference. Like and he, you know that his first or second season was out for you know when Buddy Richardson took over was out for a long time. He came back from that to take his place again and, and make over what I don't know the exact number, but over two hundred appearances. I would think. So we've got a goalkeeper. That's good. Yeah, Andy Warrington. The reason why I actually raised raised an eyebrow when Jack when you said about Jack having two was because it was quite difficult this one because I was kind of amazed. I mean, apart from the fact that I got the rules wrong, <laughs> I was kind of amazed that there wasn't more choice. There's been a lot of goalkeepers in those seventeen years. Yeah, um, I think there's there's some that would have. Alan Blaney was the one who looked really good, but then just, just you know, he had, he had issues off the field and it, it, never, it never quite worked out for him. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned before, Jan Butts has obviously got the, the sort of cult status element. Yeah. But, and again, that's a completely, I mean, it's an emotive thing. It yeah. brings in sort of completely different measure. It's very hard, but no. Well, let's, let's move on more. Indeed. We've got a, a decision on a position. So goalkeeper Andy Warrington, right back. Again, I would say... Two real, only two strong contenders. James is laughing. Well, I mean, <laughs> the the ones that don't fit the rules uh, are all at the back. Oh, right. So actually, while do you want to nip out for twenty minutes? <laughs> you talk amongst yourselves, and I'm going to off to the cinema. I'm going to work. I'm going to work out who can replace these people. Okay. So right back then, I've two names that stick out. Have you got two as well? I've got one, oh, okay. but only because he's my favourite all-time player. Go on and hit me with your one. Simon Marples. Ah, could swing his way then. Because I had, I had Marples, but I'd gone for O'Connor. Yeah. And um, I felt it was between those two, but I, I swung for O'Connor. I've sort of, I have got O'Connor in, in there, but I wouldn't put him at right back. Uh, but Marples, for a right back, push comes to shove. His pace, his dynamism, he's a workhorse, 170 appearances or maybe more. 
depending on which source I'm yeah. But at least 170 appearances, that's a lot. Um, not a single goal. Not a single goal. As, as a right back, that's something to be proud of, I think. You know? <laughs> um, O'Connor, to sort of champion his cause, obviously played played a lot more, played in a, a team that went up the divisions as well. I mean, Marples as well, of course, across, across three different divisions. More appearances in, as well. Yeah, I mean, in, in respect, they're, they're quite similar. I think O'Connor has that ability to play, play centre-half as well. Uh, genuinely nice man I'll throw that out as well yeah. presented a prize for the old Fever Overs fanzine oh yeah by virtue of us pretty much doorstepping him while watching a friendly and getting <laughs> to just hand a mug to someone while he's bemused yeah. so Michael to you for yeah, the side of swing vote on that one so you're back in the game thanks for not going well let's move on let's, what, let's move on to left back no no, no let's, let's resolve this <laughs> otherwise we'll be here all night well I I'm thinking maybe I mean, again, it's kind of going for like the players I loved. Um, Dayumba. Dumbaya. Yeah. <laughs> Mustafa Dumbaya. Yeah. I did have him on my list initially. And I took him out. I, I did love him as well. I felt like he was a player who I really loved. I mean, again, the fact that he would come and sit with the fans or he would like send very over friendly uh, tweets and text messages to various people around this yeah, table yeah. is very hard to sort of separate but I did think that he was a hell of a player and I'm kind of amazed that he didn't play at a higher level than he went on to do I mean I mean he's playing in the Scottish Premier League but yeah. what level that actually is is <laughs> I don't really think that he would rival your suggestions but just to say no, another name I'm going to put him in there. Okay. So I think maybe so I've come, come to you for a decide. decide <laughs> We've got another one. Yeah, and I made it more complicated. I think if we were actually picking this uh, best 11, I would probably... He he would be in the squad, but I'd probably send him out on loan. Okay. <laughs> so we, we, we're looking at O'Connor or Marples then. Do you have a... Do you have a oh, two? Yeah. I would say Marples. Would You'd two. say Marples. Marples is then? Yes. Okay, he's so happy. Come on. So Marples. At That's all I need. This is where I find that you've got James O'Connor midfield or something. I was just going to say, before I got this wrong, I actually have Steve Nicol then. I just wanted to put that out there. No, it's a good chat. Um, who is... who is Just misses out by, by a year. I hate rules. Um, right, where are we at? Left back. Left back. Uh, well, before I got the rules wrong, I had Warren Hackett. <laughs> Post <laughs> learning what the rules were, uh, Tim Wright. That's one actually I've not considered. Okay. Um, I had... I sort of had George Friend in that role. I'll tell you what, I'd completely forgotten about George Friend. So this is, yeah. So uh, this is what... This he's is my where, friend, he's your friend, he's George Friend. <laughs> this is where, I completely forgot him. This is where the whole thing falls down, if I'm being honest, is that Tim Ryan is like like a god amongst men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But George Friend is like a really good footballer. Like a genuinely... <laughs> yeah. Like we were lucky to have him. And one of the nicest men in football, by all accounts. Well, I mean, you sort of lost the races with that name, aren't you, Billy? Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to work really hard to... <laughs> um, I think that, like, I, I think you're right in that, that George Friend's merits for me were the fact that he made over 50, well, almost 60 appearances for Doncaster Rovers, but then went on to make 170-odd for, well, same division and then the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. And I can't think of many ex-Doncasterians, well, certainly not from this... Um, era that, that went on to play in the Premier League or many that even skipped up a higher division after playing Doncaster Rovers I mean there's a handful and you always like you know whenever there's those players you always end up feeling like super proud as yeah, I yeah, anyway. definitely, yeah. yeah who did you have? Uh, I had Gareth Roberts I mean he was he was there or thereabouts yeah I'd, I'd, I'd just gone for Gareth Roberts just over Tim Ryan uh, you know, Gareth Roberts is still playing oh really? Where, where, who's Stock, uh, Stockport Conference oh Europe. is it? yeah Found that out. Isn't there a few at Stockport? Uh, he's the only one I know of. I mean, there'll be other players, but whether they have Rovers connections. <laughs> it's just man. No wonder they're mid table. Just Gareth Roberts marshalling the entire entire team. I think you have to. I think you have to go for friend. Really? Because yeah. I was I was going to swing over to Ryan. To I, well, yeah, because I was going to swing to Ryan as well. <laughs> I just I just think George Friend was. Like an excellent footballer. No, he was, yeah. And, but then I will throw in that thing again. We're not picking out the best 11, we're picking out the definitive 11. And do you think Tim Ryan better embodies what Rose is about? You think about, you know, all the appearances he made in, in his second spell. 
and the fact that he, he scored what, six goals from a combined distance of about two and a half miles. Uh, all right, flip up then. Go with that. Go with that because this room's really hot, and then we'll get out of it. <laughs> are, you, are you happy with Ryan or friend? I'm all right with Ryan. I feel like you both discounted Roberts. So hey, look, man, I had Warren Hackett written down, so I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. Because I mean, we're edging to the point where we're pretty much naming the uh, the conference winning team. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's in fitting with where I thought your picks would go. So yeah. these aren't my picks. That's the uh, that's the crucial part. Of this. I'll throw that out. We've gone. We've gone Tim Ryan. Then. Yeah. Bold. Yeah. It's interesting that you thought this is where I'd go, and it's not where I've gone, and it's where you two have gone. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, you're just backing this up, James, because they're the nearest to the area you've actually picked players. From yes. Yeah. yeah. Center halves. Then, do you want me to just throw out the two that I cooked for in the end? Yeah. Go to get us going. Rob Jones, Mark O'Brien. Right. I think that Barry Miller has to be in there. He has to be. And I know that we've. And don't let Tim Ryan. Um, uh, fix this in any way because because he's just I mean Rob Jones and, and Miller would be would be my suggestions but but Barry Miller and he's some great things for the fanzine as well well he's bought it <laughs> I can tell you that much Whatever, that's what I mean <laughs> I mean I, I I think I think you have to have Rob Jones we, get, we, we agreed on Rob Jones yeah yeah I'm fine with Jones yeah. let's, let's get that one in yeah. nice and early ultimate old I mean I I boundary yeah. I, knew, I knew you'd have Bowdry. Yeah. So I deliberately didn't have him anywhere near my list. I just, <laughs> I just think Bowdry is, you know, will be one of the greatest players to ever play for Doncaster. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think if we were doing this in a year's time, he'd be on my list as well. But I think it's just too soon for him to be on a definitive list after one season. Yeah. One season that is. The most immediate season, if you see what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. He's, he's, but I think he's a, a class act. If this if this becomes a yearly franchise, then we, <laughs> we we can re, we can revisit it. That said, I'm not really sure I can say another name, so I'm going to sit this out <laughs> and let you two argue. I did. I mean, I I've, I've asked for a bit of like you know, I've asked for input from other people on this, and 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 I did get two of three put bowed you in. Um, and also as a community man, and all that stuff. But in my in my mind, and exactly, and I'll be the same. I'm going to stick, be resolute about the fact that he wore the captain's armband. is is part of the furniture at Doncaster Rovers, and in a list like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. you cannot exclude Barry Miller. He's made a, he's made a strong case. I mean, I'd, I'd count right about the same. Mark O'Brien did grab Joey Barton around the throat. Oh, well, that is a strong <laughs> argument. <laughs> Which is something that most people have wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, O'Brien's still playing as well. Okay, well. By the way, uh, Bedworth United. Oh, the big one. <laughs> I can't. I tell you what, I can't because I've got on my list here uh, six six additional centre halves to the two that I tabled that I thought might come up. Go on. And Barry Miller isn't on that list. Go on. The other the other six that I had for consideration or potential consideration: uh, Andy Butler, Stephen Roberts, Matt Mills. Mills uh, is worth considering. Graham Lee, uh, Steve Foster, Sam Hurd. I think that Mills is is worth a shout on there, um, but he's again that's that's a quality thing as well. Yeah, he's pure quality. You put him on the same pitch as Barry Miller and he'd show him up. But then, yeah, that's what I mean. Um, no, it's just like you know, some players play with a thud and some play with a purr. <laughs> you know, and, and Matt Mills is 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 definitely the latter. So what else I found about Matt Mills, and if this is irrelevant to this, but his middle name's Claude. I mean, that didn't surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> no. no, just, you know, cultured player. Yeah. I I guess something I maybe should have thought of before I was thinking of who would make this list is uh, it's almost like the players you sort of see when you close your eyes, like the players you see lifting trophies, as opposed to like the players who were best in those positions. Oh, yeah, definitely. It is, it's, it's subjective. It's most certainly subjective, and that's... That's why we went for definitive rather than than best in that way because you view football subjectively. Do you know what I mean? I think I, I think so. I think part of your fandom is is the players that you connected with and you loved and you felt yeah. body brought you back a bit. So we we, dis- we discounted Mills. Well, I don't think he I don't think he fills no that, the criteria, that, that criteria of yeah. yeah. But okay. I think he's probably the best player. He's probably the best centre half with with name. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm. Happy to be swayed over to be to be Barry Miller over O'Brien. I think the big argument for for Barry Miller is is, is the, the fact that he's 
is 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 such a big part of Rovers' history. It's so ingrained in the club still, mm. and um, and he and he was a, a real defensive stalwart in his in his time. One I think at the same time, he's a lovely guy, and if you put him on the bench, he'd be he'd, he'd be quite he'd be quite happy with that. But I I think that yeah I'm, I'm, yeah I'll bring him in yeah yeah but put Albright on the bench then. I think you've made the right decision because there's a bit of a sort of a cult hero vibe about Barry yeah. as well. So we've got two centre halves then. We've got Rob Jones. We've got Barry Miller. Yeah. In between Simon Marples and Tim Ryan. Lovely. It's almost as if the last fifteen years didn't happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Midfield. I never thought we'd get this far. I'm impressed. Start on the right. Yeah. Not really much for debate there. Wow. Well, I mean, I sort of picked this a little bit like I sort of used to pick my. The championship manager teams, which is just squeeze players into positions that maybe they wouldn't play in. But um, yeah, I mean, there's not going to be any debate for this one, is it? Unless we didn't put him on the right. So we're all agreed on John McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, well, I mean, Coppinger. And I put him on the right because two reasons. One, I feel like whenever I think back to watching James Coppinger and those moments where you just find yourself you find the ball going to him and you find yourself leaning forward in your seat yeah. or leaning forward on the terrace. Yeah. I feel like that happens most when he's on the right, when he's been on the yeah. right side. Partly because of where I used to sit the chemo towards the, the south and the east end where second half of games, him and O'Connor down the right hand side used to go out of teams together. But I just feel like he, he belongs on the wing and yeah. I feel like the right is the best person. The other reason is because I had a load of central midfielders that I couldn't choose from. Who's <laughs> <laughs> on the left then? Yeah, there's actually, I thought it was one of the names for right midfield. Go on. Uh, Francis Tierney. But I don't I don't think he'd come close to Coppinger, but just more for the symbolism, I thought it's worth worth giving him a nod while we're talking about this. But I don't think he comes close to Coppinger. Yeah. So that was easy. Coppinger's on the right. Uh, you missed the Sir, by the way. Sorry. You didn't address him properly. Sir Francis Tierney. That's better. I apologise to you and his lordship. <laughs> Left midfield. I had two names for this. I put for one out of two. Your face suggests that there's only one for you and it's the one I've gone for. Go on. Michael McIndoe? Yeah, totally. Michael McIndoe. I think, it, and it, for the same principles as you as you, you might Coppinger, although not, not in the same gravitas, but like at the same time, you thought that something might happen. Yeah, you? definitely. That that first season and, he was at Rovers, he was just unplayable. There's a there's a great clip on online on, on YouTube, I think I've, I've pulled it out before, where it's not even actually, it's not from that first season, it's from the second season back in the league, Rovers against Hull. It was that game where the Rovers had uh, sent the Vikettes out to parade the Division 3 trophy around the, around the away fans before the game to just really whip up an atmosphere of danger <laughs> about the place. Um, so there's always a hell of an atmosphere. And there's, there's a good clip of the, the spell up to the winning goal that McIndoe scored. And there's a bit where I think it's Tim Ryan plays the ball down the left channel and McIndoe sets after it. And you just hear this sort of guttural roar from the pop side beneath the camera. As you watch McIndoe run at this, whoever this poor, unfortunate fullback is. And the noise when McIndoe scores about a minute or two later off a, off a dead ball is just phenomenal. Yeah. That video. It's worth seeking out a video. It's Rovers 1 0 v Hull or something. It's labelled. Find it because it's amazing. But uh, yeah, McIndoe, for the same sort of reason, that, that want to see what he's going to do with the ball. I feel like this is the most anyone's talked about McIndoe outside of a legal setting <laughs> in a long time. Uh, it's certainly the cheapest discussion about Michael McIndoe that's happened in quite a while. Good feet, though. <laughs> Good feet. Good feet. Good feet. Tempted to put him in a pyramid formation, but against it. <laughs> right. We don't even need to go down there, do we? Do you want the other name that I had? Yeah, go on. That I was never going to choose, but I had uh, for consideration. Debbie Cotterill. Yeah, there's something there was God. something about Cotrill yeah. that like I really liked him as a player because I guess I'm all about you know wingers the flair uh, and I always felt like he was a real sort of jewel in our team but I didn't love him. No, I know, I know oddly I know exactly what you mean. I don't really he know was, why that was though. He was crucial in that that season of winning um, the third tier, not just the goals, but I think he was. I think statistically, he's involved in half of our goals, either by scoring them or setting them up that season, yeah. which is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, n- I never quite. And he's, and he, you know, he passes my other test, which is that he's Welsh, uh, which is normally will swing me wildly towards <laughs> yeah. really liking yeah. a player. But no, never, never truly connected with him. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't really know. But then, you know, it's almost like when we're talking about obviously very different players, but it's like when we're talking about like Mills or Friend, like they weren't really players I loved though. 
friend I did. Not enough to remember him when I was making this list, <laughs> clearly. But I... Anyway, let's move on to midfield. Midfield, central midfield. I, I'll be honest, I didn't have a lot of contenders, but of the few I had, I found it very hard to pick two. I don't know if anyone else felt that. It was quite... I mean, you'd, you'd have found it easier because you had a bigger t- window to choose from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the only... I mean, my favourite Doncaster player ever is Gary Bradbury. I knew you were going to say that. So, when I didn't know the rules or had read the email, uh, he was obviously the first name on the team sheet, so to mm. speak. But the second name was very quick as well, which was Brian Stock. Mm-hmm. And then when you explained that I'd got it wrong... I straight away thought, well, that's where Sean Portland goes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh, then, but, but I did. Really? I, think that's, I think that's very disrespectful. Sean Thornton was... I would probably make a claim that he was the most entertaining player that I saw in that era. I'm blown away by that. I genuinely, I'm blown really? away. Really? Yeah. Is this like a contrary view? This isn't a contrary view. I don't know. I... I I know there's people who like him, but I'm pretty sure that that's the first time. Look at me with your mouth open. <laughs> I, I just wouldn't have ever con- con- considered him. I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apart from that, that goal, the game against Aston Villa, and the goal he scored there, where he was brilliant, don't get me wrong. I mean, but, it was like a crazy deflection. Oh yeah, no, but in that game he was, he was, yeah. he was brilliant. I'm yeah. giving, him, giving him the credit of the game where he yeah. played around that. Beyond that, I, I found him frustrating more than anything because there's so much talent and ability there. I think it just never it never properly came out. I think there might be there might be because he ended up at Orient as well, which is kind of the one of the things that sort of solidified me watching Orient for yeah. it, which obviously led to the confusing place I'm in today. Mm-hmm. Because I really like Sean Fortin, but and he, he played some fantastic games for Orient, but. I loved watching him for Rovers. In fact, I would probably say he was like my favourite player of that era. Wow. I'm just, I'm just genuinely amazed yeah. by that. <laughs> I never expected that. Did you not think he was like a fabulously talented footballer? I think yes, that, I, I thought he was very talented. I just, I just thought like he never. I don't think he ever realised he showed it. Yeah, yeah. Oh no! I mean, he's playing Welsh non-league now, isn't he? Like age of thirty-two or whatever. Yeah. Like he is a. You know, the very embodiment of like someone who had it and didn't do anything with it. But I thought he was brilliant for us. I saw him in the train station after that Villa game. Right. That's it. I mean, that's it. But that's I, the end of it. I feel like you need to work on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got roasted for my um, Andy Williams. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But I've been recommended about other outstanding moments. I mean, that, that would propel Thornton to that sort of level of. Once in a generation kind of player, <laughs> him, and I'm struggling. <laughs> him, uh, I feel like I, I feel like I've killed this podcast, but I've just named someone <laughs> who should be up for consideration. Well, all right, who did, who did you have? Well, we'll go, I'll go to Brian Stock because yeah. I had Brian Stock as well. Stock for me, hundred percent. That killer ball, finding the striker, open up the, the defense. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I, I'll add the thing with Stock. I'll add a couple of things. Is one. The joy of seeing one of your club's players play for your country yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. And I realise I'm, I'm very lucky in that respect as a Rovers fan to, you know, probably only me and a handful of Northern Irish yeah. Rovers fans <laughs> that have had that experience. But that is, I was so proud that night when he played against Russia. And um, he's also the only player that who, since leaving Rovers, I've gone out of my way to go and watch playing for someone else. Yeah. I've been to watch him twice since he's been at Haven at Waterlooville. Yeah, um, me, me and my brother went a long way to go and see him at Haven at yeah. Waterlooville, you know, so, yeah. Good. Well, we've got one. We've got Brian Stock in there. And then Sean Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> who, who else did you have? Green. Uh, I went for Green as well. He could not... Uh, I was probably let down by it. I mean, I'll... I just always think that, like, he always just upped it. Uh, he, like, he went from conference to championship with us. And, about yeah, and, and, then he, and, and, and then at he, the start of every season, you think, will he won it? And, you know, granted, it might have, but he always managed to up the ante. Yeah, there was. And then become a permanent part We of the went squad. on a long car ride to Disneyland. And he just got, as he we got were out getting there, get the he got out, he was like, lads, I'm going to walk the rest of the way. <laughs> I, can't, I can't vote for that. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
I mean, I had him as well for for similar reasons. It was that every time, yeah, we went up, people yeah. like, they, 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 that question was always there. Oh, well, Green wouldn't cut it at this yeah. level. And then, then when he left, and when he went to uh, Derby over Disneyland, I think we really struggled for a long time to find. I think we've struggled ever since to find a midfielder of his ilk. Well, he, he, to he, replace him. he teased us in pre-season. Was it at Rosenton Main where he was on the? Uh, on oh, he the played, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Season before last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, and I went somewhere else again. Yeah, did <laughs> again. Got his caps. If you if you'd have told me when when Paul Green was playing for us in in the conference that in a few you know in, in a matter of a few years. Uh, Trapattoni's going to love this guy and put him into an international team. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, I looked at you the same way I would look at you if you suggested Sean Thornton for a definitive <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe this. It's like you're making out like I suggested Kim Jong Un or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just can't believe you went for him. We're going to go for Green because it's a two two against one. I, I'm, I mean, I'm all right with that. Okay, because you were so passionate about it, I'll, we'll put Sean Thornton on the bench. Put him in the bar. In the bar. <laughs> <We're bound to>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we put him in the bar, then he's never going to no. see the pitch, no. let's be honest. Potential midfielders that we haven't considered then, that I feel are worth a mention. Uh, Richie Wellens. Um, yeah, I think it was a bit sort of soured at the end. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I've scribbled down here. But I just found him a bit stubborn in the last couple of seasons, but I think it was the best way I could describe him. Yeah, and also I just, I just don't think that I just think that he he faded really mm. as a, as a player, like which is you know a shame because in his pomp he was a hell of a player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ricky Ravenel, like good player, but I don't think he. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be yeah. above the ones we've suggested. Yeah. Well, bar one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's on that list. Unbelievable. Um, John Doolan had scribbled down as well. But I think that's that's based more on his performance in James Coppinger's testimonial when he absolutely ran the show like, despite being the combined the size of the rest of his team combined like fittest fuck guy I've ever seen it's phenomenal isn't ever. it ever yeah so we've gone for Paul Green and Brian Stock in centre midfield and we've got Sean Thornton on the bench in the bar right put him on with 10 minutes to go <laughs> <laughs> that just leaves strikers then and I said just with optimism because I've got a massive long list here and I still haven't chosen the two I'm going to go for. Out See, of the three I've got it down. That's for. funny that you've got a massive long list because I did think when you, when it came to the cut, it was actually it came down to like quite only a few ones. Mm. I thought they are in the same class as the people that we picked in this team already. Who did? Uh, do you want to start, James? Well, I have five names. Okay, which ones are from the right era? No, they're all from the right era. Really? Yeah. So I'd Leo. I, uh, I mean, I, I had Leo Fortune West more because I knew you'd expect me to have Leo Fortune West, so that's pretty much why I've got him on there. I mean, with that, so he, but, but he was my absolute hero for two, for a season for two seasons. Without Leo, I mean, I tried to talk my mum into leaving my dad to get with him <laughs> when she used to go, when she used to go to uh, like the spa, the gym, like the for right. arthritis, and Leo Fortune West was like doing his recoveries, recuperation. Um, and my mum would come back and be like, oh, Mr. Fortune West is such a great guy. And she'd bring me back autographs that he'd written on the backs of receipts and things. <laughs> I was always like, just more mask him out. Oh, my dad was going through a bad patch at the time. But <laughs> things was it be... mainly because what you kept suggesting? That yeah, maybe, be. yeah. Um, no, but without, without Leo Fortune West, we'd have no one's putting the fans in for spotting. Yeah, that, I was just about to say exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Go on then. So yeah, I had Leo, I had Paul Barnes, I had Jean Marquis, mm-hmm. I had Paul Effenham, and I, I had El Hadj Juf. Right, well, I mean, we've, we've humoured you enough on John Thornton. See, I had to do that, right? I had to do that because he is the best player I've ever seen play for Doncaster. Legitimately would you, I mean, the would best you, footballer. Would you, you'd put him above Sean Thornton? Yeah, I would do. Oh, wow. Oh, that is that's, that's a benchmark. He, he is, like, in terms of, like, there was that thing. One of the things I always thought about Steve Nichol when I was a kid, and I was, like, watching, when I was watching Rovers in the conference, and he was going, some good players in this team, kind of. But, like, he is, he's touch. Yeah, he's he's like, just an absolute couple of everything. Totally. You know, you're, like, looking at him, you're looking at Lee Warren, and you're like, that's a footballer, right? And yeah. it's not in the direction of Lee Warren. I felt like that about Juve. I, don't get me wrong, like, he's spat on an 11-year-old. 
I had a real problem cheering for him. He was a pretty odious dude. I loved walking into, I don't know, Turf Moor wearing a fur coat. I thought all that stuff was amazing because <laughs> he was a proper rock star. But in just watching him, I went, he's a world-class footballer. In fairness, during the whole experiment thing, a lot of my friends would say to me, are these, any of these, any good, you know, like, you know, poking the fun? And you'd say, you know what? No, all of them are a yard off the pace. They're not half the men they used to be, apart from Elad's Juve. is could still easily cut it in the Premier League. He, um, not he, at the top, but... Pele, I mean, bear in mind, Pele named him one of the best living players in the world. Yeah, but I mean, Pele says a lot. <laughs> yeah. Pele, Pele's endorsed some shit over his life. Yeah, no, fair dues. But um, I saw him play... I saw him play a game at West Ham and I saw, him, I saw him play at Palace and I was like trying to avoid going to watch that team as much as possible that season. But I think those were the two away games I saw and I just thought, I just thought it was him versus them. Like, I thought he was incredible. Would you have him in, your, in one of your top two strikers for a defensive rows alone? Well, I feel like the criteria has changed a little or, or it's been solidified a little bit more as we've been having this discussion. Yeah. If I was going to say who are the 11 best players to play for Doncaster within that time frame, without a doubt. Okay. But, 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 then, again, but then again, I'd probably go back and we'd, I'd probably make more of a case for Mills and you know, George Friend. So. Mm. We'd have to put him in the bar with what is a building into quite an interesting group of drinkers in Arizona. I mean, it's good. Thornton and Jufi. It's interesting in <laughs> a way. Kindle will probably just sneak in. Because the thing is, the same like with like stock. I think if you were making that best players ever, you'd probably make an argument for Brian Stock as mm-hmm. well as what we're actually trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think you would say the same about Coppinger. Yeah, but I don't think you'd say about any of the others. No. That's so fair. what are we saying? I want to skip past him for now and maybe yeah, let's do that. Him. Let's do that. I think that because there's, there's one player that you didn't name, which I thought you would. Uh, Billy Sharp. I think that he has to be in there. <sighs> I just think he was a bit of a bellend. So you that's your criteria for not selecting Sharp <laughs> instead of El Hadj Um I dunno, I always had quite a I dunno, I always had quite a, like a compassionate take on Juve. Juve I mean, you know, like I this guy this guy came from he came from a place with a not a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I think you have to take that into account. Billy Shuck I mean Billy Shuck Oh, you're talking about Lazio. I was going to say Sheffield's all right. No, exactly, place. exactly. You've got Meadow Hall, you know, you've got all, all these kind of things. Trams. Jack, can I swing to you and find out who you're, you're two? Yeah. Sharp, I thought, was a no-brainer and I'd prepared pages and pages of dialogue expecting a bit of a bigger battle over Leo Fortune West. But um, him and Barnes were my two. Sharp and Barnes. Yeah. Um, Barnes has just got a good... The best goal, the goals to games ratio from what I could see. Sharp. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you there's only one player who's got that one. Go on. John Marcus. Okay. Well, that, yeah. Well, see, I scoffed a bit at John Marcus because I thought it was too soon. Yeah. That's that's the reason I didn't have him in my three as well, Marcus. And also, I, I, yeah, I, I need another season out of him. That's that's the other thing. I think that that's a big consideration. Yeah, it's kind of like the Baudry thing that we touched on before. Yeah. You kind of need another season of either retrospect or yeah. to prove that it wasn't a flash in the pan. I think if you are going to say, look, if this is if this is definitive, if this is like, you know what's a better word? It's almost like iconic. Then I think I think you have to say Leo Fortune West and Paul Barnes. Well, we are bloody, we're moving the goalposts a bit, aren't it's, we? Let's, let's not change to iconic because one we've already selected nine players and I don't want to re-record this because this room's <laughs> bloody odd. What uh, <laughs> what Rovers player still has his name set? Yeah, well there was there's a thing on the so I was looking into it yeah, there's a thing on point. Cardiff's forum which is sort of like the the, the, the the top ten rubbish players that you just love and they were saying Leo and yeah, yeah. down to the song that, yeah. and also that he, he sort of you know there's Various community gestures that, that that went down well with them all, the, um, and he was he, he was a cool player, like he was a real yeah, cool player. At, at yeah. Cardiff, Fortune West played up front with uh, with Robert Earnshaw, and the Cardiff fans used to sing uh, to the tune of Ernie, the fastest milkman in the West. Ernie, <laughs> he plays up front with Fortune West. <laughs> well, Which is an absolute yeah. classic. Apparently, that the Cardiff the Cardiff fans' point was that he actually did. A, he, 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 he got a, everyone out of the way for Earnshaw to go through and get the goals. Exactly, yeah. And he did, so, he did a similar job for Blundell. Yeah, indeed, yeah, yeah. And without that, 
I mean, you look at his goals to um, games ratio and it's, it's, it's terrible. And also, he's been at 15 clubs and that doesn't say a right lot about a player, in my, in my view. And these, you know, they're not, <laughs> not right cracking clubs either. Um, Hope for the welfare. Yeah, I've got to Manage just. The welfare. <laughs> all, all I'll say is, is that if we if we can accept that he wasn't a great player, he was a, a, a good team player and he mm-hmm. was a cult hero. On the, the latter two, then I can probably concede. But he was not a good football player. I think that's harsh. Where have we got a consensus? Have we got a consensus on that? I think that's harsh, right? Because yeah, maybe, yeah. I think I think it was a good player. I think he did the best of what he he had at his disposal. Yeah. Well, you can't like blame him for not being the thing, a player that he's not. The, the case I've always made for Fortune West, and I've made it in jest in a way, is that if he was never quite 100% sure what he was going to do next, how on earth do you read him as a defender? There was occasion when he, he, he built up like the element of the surprise over like 80 minutes. So I think it was Paul Vell when he rifled one in for about 25 yards of his first touch. I remember him doing a Cruyff turn by the corner flag against Hartlepool. Uh, Man City in a pre-season friendly where he went round the keeper and scored from a ridiculous angle yeah. in front of the uh, town end. Just moments like that were made even better because they were him. There is a point to say that that there's relatively few players in the world that could say with absolute confidence that they've scored a goal with every part of their <laughs> Ear, nose, eyes, you know, hair follicle, everything, you know. Leo has probably scored the hat-trick for overs that was amassed from the shortest combined distance from goal as well uh, on my on my 21st birthday against oh, Lane yeah. Orient and I'll tell you what else I had on that day I planned a Leo Fortune West theme night for my 21st birthday <laughs> so everyone wore that white sweatband that he used to wear a few of us went to the game and the plan was that night we'd go out and get very drunk Fortune West got a hat-trick inside the first 80 minutes I remember little beyond the 25th minute of that game for the rest of the day um, I think I woke up on a boat we need to pick some players out of this. We need to. We, we, it's clear we're going to have to be ruthless. Yeah, and um, I think it's. I think Sharp's taking Sharp out now is is really harsh. He was an absolute dynamite goal scorer. So we, what we what we've got on the table, and forgive me if I take El Hasjuf off the table, because <laughs> because it's a it's a one man argument rather than a two to three person argument, which I think is the fairest way. I can yeah, do. I just I just think that I think, and, I'm, and I'm with you on your. If this was the best players, yeah, I think we're gonna have to. We're, we I are seed to you. If it was, I think that we're gonna have. To, we are gonna have to do one of them though. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's lads Jack said. There's other pre seasons. <laughs> if this season goes to shit, we can probably do it in, in October or November when we get bored. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I'll be honest. I really want it to be a good season, but I can't be bothered with another. Oh, how good are we? Every <laughs> month. Let's let's take him out then. So we we've, we've got three names there that we're. Mulling over Sharp, Barnes, Fortune West. Can I confuse this further by saying that I actually had James Aiton as my second pick up top? Ah, that is a good point. I think the more we've gone through this podcast and tried to define definitive deep, I think I would rather have James Aiton than Billy Sharp because I think that, you know, that goal is a moment. It's, I mean, not that he's old, whole career in a rubber shirt it can be put down to one goal but he makes more sense under the banner of definitive to me I think there's something also that agrees me about the fact that, that Billy Sharp would probably end up on this list for two of our closest neighbours there's a fanzine somewhere yeah. being recorded mm. for Sheffield United where they're, they're saying he's ours he's going to be on our definitive player now all of these I'd say they only end up on our definitive because they, 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 we got them in their, their peak you know Hater probably is another one. I, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Actually, although I'm not really sure how Paul Barnes fits into it. Hater, to, to make the case for Hater again, and you could argue that Hater would be on Bournemouth before I got on that rule. I'll tell you what. That's not really making the case for him, is it? The best header of a ball I've seen for overs. Better than Jones. Brady yeah, is always bring it back to. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I just think it's worth mentioning because I. I I find it fascinating just the sheer bravery to sling his head at, at, at things that I would think twice about trying to volley do you know what I mean and the other thing with Hayter is I feel like when he left I don't think he was given the amount of respect he deserved there's kind of like oh yeah he got that goal but he's, he's not as what he was now and he, he, I, he gave Rose a lot more than just that goal I yeah think I, think I, I think I'd agree with that. and I think it should be a nice a good way to address that balance 
with him being on our list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd feel like is, he, is he on Twitter? I think we should direct him to that. I'll go down to the Hamlet Waterloo game and show him it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll laminate it. I mean, like, even laminate it. I was going to say, if Stock's in there because we've made the effort to go and see him in a non league fixture, then Hayton's. I mean, to be fair, I've only seen Hayton because he's been on the bench when Jim Brian Stock's been playing, so <laughs> more, more by association. Um, I think we need to put one in there, and I think that we're most agreed on Paul Barnes. Good times. Yeah, yeah. bring that. Paul Barnes is in. I think, and I think that's merit, and I think that's merit because that return of twenty-five goals in a tough division of the conference, where much more expensive, younger, more yeah. proven strikers had failed to deliver for overs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he did so. I think that is worthy of credit, especially when he was overlooked so much, and people were talking about Marcus's record yeah. last year. And he was a good footballer. He was one of the last of those footballers that don't look like footballers, yeah. which I absolutely <laughs> adore. So, yeah. yeah, I'm happy with that. I think there's obviously a process of elimination here, but then looking at it, if I put Hater next to Barnes, there's something quite comforting about that. There's, I actually, there's something quite warming about a, a Hater Barnes upfront duo. You're going for Hater Barnes. Why? Do, just, it just we, sounds we, right now, you know? I, I didn't even consider him in the first bit. What if we play. Four, five, one, and put Sean Thornton into midfield. <laughs> no, can't. I honestly can't believe this. Um, I can't believe it was that contentious. Well, yeah. I've never had anyone look at me that horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I edit a magazine, and I suggest that crazy things to when do. We put all this together. You and you and Thornton and you for being the bar, and you'd be like, "Listen, guys, I, I tell you, I told them about it, <laughs> and I can't believe what they said about it." I couldn't believe that was Sean Thornton. It, what it was literally like. I just. Trump doesn't. Um, <laughs> we've still only got one striker here, by the way. Who who are we having alongside Paul Barnes? Are we having Hater? Are we having Sharp? Are we having Fortune West? Are we having Paul Heffernan? Well, I, I don't think we're having Paul Heffernan. Okay. Yeah. Should I just threw that in to keep you guessing? <laughs> I think the thing with Paul Heffernan. And we, was we've like, ruled out Marquis. Paul Heffernan was like, he, he was obviously a good player, but he was more like when he signed for Rovers, it was like, oh, things are looking up. Mm. It was literally, oh, yeah, yeah. we've got yeah. Paul Heffernan. Yeah. Go on then. Right. Let's be bold. Who are we having? One by one. I'll, I'll go Hater. Fortune yeah, West. Yeah, I'll go Hater as well. You go Hater? Yeah. In that case, I'll go Fortune West because the decision's been made. So Hater's in there alongside Paul Barnes. Fortune West on the bench? Yeah, you can put it... Well, in the pub, yeah. Pub slash bench. Also on the bench then we've got Sean Thornton just to keep one of us happy. <laughs> I, really, um, I really think... Do if, I really feel like if anyone is listening to this podcast that understands where I was coming from. <laughs> they get should get in touch. touch. George, George Friend's on the bench, yeah? Uh, Sullivan's on the bench as well. Sullivan's on the bench. George Friend's on the bench. And O'Connor on the bench? Yeah. Who is the manager? That's what I was going to bring up next. And I'd say again, there's only two yeah. real contenders. Driscoll and Penny. Unless you've got a compelling argument. For I've got, I, well, no, I agree with that. Um, but I, I think that the, I mean, my, my instinct would be uh, O'Driscoll. I think that he, he made us play some of the sexiest football I've ever seen any team play. What would you do with this team, though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I'm going to say. I mean, that... you, you can't pick it based on that because you haven't picked anyone else based on what's behind it. Yeah. Although I feel like whoever manages this team is going to have to concentrate a lot of effort out wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really got over O'Driscoll. Leaving? Yeah. Like I moved on from Penny. Like it, that's a good point. Yeah, I but, think that, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, I think Penny was knew that he'd taken as as far as he could as well. Mm. I, at the time, I thought that was a the wrong decision for right. Penny to go when he went. But I feel like there was more to that behind the scenes than was apparent. Yeah, I hate the phrase "lost the dressing room," but I feel it was the kind of thing that might be described as that. That sounds intriguing. I feel like there must have been. It must have been. A, there must have been some sort of loss of confidence in Penny behind the scenes. Have you ever read the John Ryan book? He does sort. Of, he doesn't really say that. He does just sort of go. I decided someone could do it better. Yeah, but I feel like it's easy in hindsight, right? When things have gone better, yeah, yeah, yeah. to say that I felt someone could do it better. Do you know what I mean? I feel like at the time that I feel like there was a loss of confidence. Maybe it was Ryan in Penny, which is, in which case, fair enough. You know, that's his right as the, the chairman to make that call. And yeah. paid off. Yeah. 
But I felt from, and certainly from the outside, I remember at the time, because I got asked to write a few articles about it, there was a lot of, really? He's taking up two divisions? What the hell? What the hell's mm, going yeah. on? How's this happening? Yeah. Um, especially because it was so early into a season. But I mean, what happened next then vindicated. Yeah, yeah. I, I was of the mind of Edge School as well, for the same, similar reasons to you, Jared. It's the best football I've ever seen, where yeah. was play consistently. It's, it's probably the, the the proudest I've ever been in, in what Rovers were doing and how they were doing it. Kind of like, we haven't bought our way here. We've done this play in a brand of football that is great to watch. Mm. We've stuck with it despite half a season of barely winning any games and it's paid off. Yeah, it's just, um, it's weird, isn't it? Because he was such a, like, a pretty dour dude. I don't think he was. And I don't think he is. I mean, I've, I've got that uh, DVD, CD thing that they sent out to season ticket holders, trying to get people to renew. There's a bit where O'Driscoll's sat at a desk talking to camera and gets up and he's wearing a Donny Dog outfit. You've made that up. I haven't made that up. I've, I've, that is actual case. Someone, no, someone listening will, will made back that me up because I don't think you two have seen it. But O'Driscoll does a piece of the camera, stands up, puts on the Donny Dog hat, walks out the door. I never knew about that. I don't think you can be a down man and do Please that. Please, he got sacked now. <laughs> I think it was it, just his dis- dislike of the way football was covered led to that persona. And he was a quiet man. And, and, you know, that's the nature of how quiet people kind of get perceived, I think. But it feels like we're agreed on the manager. Then. Yeah. What about the kit? <laughs> oh, I don't think we've got enough, enough time. Who's your favourite Donny Dog? Who's the Donny Dog? No, that right now. Not whoever it was wearing it at Cheltenham on the last game of the season uh, in 2008. Um, because I walked in there, gents, and just saw the head <laughs> on the top of the sinks while whoever was wearing the suit was uh, taking a piss. Hadn't taken the paws off. I'm just throwing that right out. <laughs> so whoever that person was, it's definitely the worst. Um, anyway, we've got our team. We've got our definitive Rose 11. Andy Warrington made the save. Defender Simon Marples. Rob Jones lost this man. Who scores the header. Barry Miller. Tim Ryan. Oh, Cabbage has turned into the empty net. It is Stock who takes it. Oh, and it's gone straight through. Ball green it is. Here's McIndoe. He's got it in for the angle. It was a cracking shot from James Hayter. Paul Barnes with space. So that's that's our choices. That's that's where we've got to the definitive Rovers eleven of the twenty first century. Chances are you won't agree one hundred percent with our choices. I'm not even sure we do. I mean, if you, you all might love Sean Thornton, who knows? We'll put this up on the fancy website, and you can let us know how wrong or right you think we've got it uh, in the comments there and, and on Twitter via Viva Rovers, and, and we, we look forward to your input, uh, particularly if your name is Thornton. I'm going to walk out in a puff. <laughs> um, so we'll leave it there. Thanks to uh, Jack and James uh, for joining me and, and uh, bearing this uh, the increasingly warm room. <laughs> um, and thanks to all of you for listening. We'll be back in August with not only another podcast, but also our first print fanzine of the new season as well. So until then, uh, I'll see you.